In the holy name of Jesus, amen. For weeks now we've been listening to Jesus describe precisely the kind of church he wants here on earth. The kind of community he wants for us and from us. We have learned that it goes both ways. Jesus is here to give us his gifts, but he has also been describing the kind of community he wants us to be, the kind of church he wants to get from us right now, right here on earth. Over and over again in the Gospel of St. John, Jesus has told us precisely what he is aiming at. Jesus wants a church that is rich, thick, and dense, a church given to teaching, a church that is disciplined and honest, a church that is merciful and witnessing, and finally a church that is eschatological and sacramental. Jesus himself, week by week, has been showing us exactly what this looks like. When Jesus loves nobody else, when Jesus loves those, nobody else will love. For example, the little girl possessed by the demon, whom Jesus exercised even though she was not a Jew. Or when Jesus does things nobody else will do. It's only Jesus who goes off to the Decapolis. And then when he finds the man who can't hear or speak, he spits on his fingers and touches the man's tongue and his ears so that the man is able to speak and hear the word of God. Jesus shows us what the church is like when he lives a life of startling generosity. When he hosts a feeding for 4,000 and picks up the tab. And when in all of that, he teaches and teaches and teaches so the kingdom of God does not get dumbed down. So it does not become our project with our aims, with our work and our goals and our direction. We have also learned that it is very difficult for Jesus to have that church on earth because his disciples push back. When they push, Jesus returns the favor to get the community he wants. We have learned that Jesus will have his church his way or not at all. There is no half a Jesus, and so there is no half a church. Sometimes that can be very painful for both Jesus and his disciples. We learned that in John chapter 6, when those who were listening said, this hurts too much. And so they left. That was great pain to Jesus, but he did not change. He carried on. He even turned to his own disciples and asked if they would go as well. He would rather let them go than compromise his gospel. But you remember that Peter cried out, there is no place else to go. Peter may not like his options. We saw that he was not keen on the cross, and he wasn't above tussling with the other disciples to see who was the greatest. But Peter also realized that at the end of the day, Jesus is the only game in town. 
that he is the Christ and he is the Son of God and there is no other. From all of that then, over the past few months, we have learned that Jesus wants a church that is built in his own image, a church that looks just like he does, a church that is given to healing and helping and feeding and generosity and mercy, to honesty and discipline and witness, so that everyone is drawn in and nobody is left out. It has been a frustrating couple of months for Jesus. And then suddenly today, on All Saints Day, Jesus gets his wish, he gets his church in real time. Jesus' perfect church is there in the epistle appointed for today, for All Saints Day, as St. John, the disciple, moves from his gospel to be St. John the seer and reveal his apocalypse. So what does Jesus' perfect church look like? We think we know what mercy and witness and generosity and honesty and discipline look like. And we probably do. With those things, our difficulty is not so much in knowing but in executing. But there are two less obvious points that are startlingly important because they give shape to heaven right now. Jesus' perfect church is perfectly sacramental. Now, what does that mean? In its most basic sense, Sacramental means that Jesus Christ loves his creation. He loves it so much he wants it back. He loves it so much that he will use his creation. He will use stuff, material, to save us. The ultimate stuff of the universe is his own flesh and blood. He assumes that from Mary. And that flesh and blood is laid in a manger and nailed to a cross and resurrected from the dead. That flesh and blood, once it touches you, it heals you and it guarantees your spot in heaven. A heavenly church, perfect and perfectly sacramental, means that Jesus is there in his flesh and blood. You can touch him on the nose, you can shake his hand, you can slap him on the back. And in this one long party, where Jesus is the groom and the church is the bride, it means that all of you get your bodies back as well, perfectly, rejoicing in the warmth and light that comes from the face of Jesus Christ. Jesus' perfect church is not only sacramental, it is also eschatological. People normally get all kinked up over that word because they think of the four horsemen, or the white throne, or the rapture, or the plagues, or the lake of fire. But in its most basic sense, eschatological is just a fancy word for the end. 
for the last days, for the end of history, the end of time, the end of everything. It is just a fancy word for judgment. The judgment that Jesus brings, the end that Jesus executes. It means that Jesus has it his way once for all and forever. And that way is merciful. The eschatology, the judgment, the end of Jesus is not sadness but comfort, not fear but love. We learned that last week from Luther at the feast day of the Reformation. His great discovery was that Jesus' righteousness was not a thing that would judge him and damn him. It was a gift that would be given to him so that Jesus would always be his friend, just as he will always be yours unless you push him away. So what does all that mean for you here on All Saints? Well, a couple of things, I think. First, if you lost someone this past year, and more than 40 families in this congregation did, or if you have ever loved someone whom you lost in the faith, their suffering is eschatological. It has ended. And their life in heaven is sacramental. They stand before the flesh and blood face of Jesus Christ, awaiting their own bodily resurrection. Jesus' perfect church is found in his perfect heaven with his perfect community where everyone is healed and everyone is full and everyone is loved, where every perfect person has his perfect place, where the marriage feast has no end and all is well. There is no greater comfort for us than this. Jesus has been merciful to those whom we have loved and whom have died. And what about you and me still here? It is true that as Christ's community here, we only have shadows of eschatology. We can only imagine what the end will be like. We can only imagine what it must be like for those whom we love in heaven. And yet this is what we can do. We can live from that imagination. We can live from the future that God promises us in Scripture so that we can hope here and now in this place. We also only have shadows of that sacramental life, of the day that we will see Jesus Christ in flesh and blood face to face. This morning Jesus is hidden in the bread and in the wine. But you and I should know that even if he's hidden, he is really here to touch us once again bodily, to save us and send us on our way. So here and now we can be church. We can be community, even with the little bit that we know eschatologically. We can at least be witnesses who draw other people to that reality, to his love and to his end, to his goal for us, 
his perfection with our very best words of witness. And we can live from the mercy that we are about to receive at this altar sacramentally, serving as we have been served, living not for ourselves, but for others, especially in lives of generosity that make a place for more to belong to Jesus Christ's church. It is difficult. Even Jesus in his own day did not get his way. It is difficult to be the church. It is difficult to be Christ's body. It is difficult to be Christ's community here on earth. It is difficult. I know it is. But you heard the promise of Christ in the Beatitudes, the gospel appointed for this day. Blessed are those who mourn. They will be comforted. Christ is hidden in the suffering. Christ is there. And so Christ lets us mourn. But being there in our mourning, he also raises us up and dusts us off and uses us well. We will not be perfect here in our life together, but we can live in forgiveness and in mercy and in witness. We can do our best. We can live the rich, full, dense life that Jesus seeks to give us in his word. We can live a life of mercy because of who Jesus is in flesh and blood. And a life of witness because that is what Jesus wants from us, gathered around his sacrament where he is hidden again here today and on the way to our end, but joyfully because Jesus will be there for us as he is for those whom we love. The gift is here again, sacramentally, eschatologically, Christologically, hidden at this altar. And all that's left is to have what Jesus gives. In his holy name, amen.